Section 59 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Yu Qing in Singapore. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2 by Cao Xueqing. Translated by Henry Bancroft Jolly. Chapter 54, Part 2. Lady Feng came forward and poured some wine. Enough, that will do, she laughed. The wine has got quite cold, my dear ancestor. Do you take a sip and moisten your throat with, before you begin again to dilate on falsehoods. What we've been having now can well be termed record of a discussion on falsehoods. It has had its origin in this rain, in this place, in this year, in this moon, on this day, and at this very season. But, venerable senior, You've only got one mouth, so you couldn't very well simultaneously speak of two families. When two flowers open together, the proverb says, one person can only speak of one. But whether the stones be true or fictitious, don't let us say anything more about them. Let's have the footlights put in order and look at the players. Dear senior, do let these two relatives have a glass of wine and see a couple of plays, and you can then start arguing about our dynasty after another. Hey, what do you say? Saying this, she poured the wine, laughing the while. But she had scarcely done speaking before the whole company were convulsed with laughter. The two singing girls were themselves unable to keep their countenance. Lady Secunda, they both exclaimed, what a sharp tongue you have. Were your ladyship to take to storytelling, we really would have nowhere to earn our rice. Don't be such overflowing spirits, Mrs. Xu laughed. There are people outside. This isn't like any ordinary occasion. There's only my senior brother-in-law, Chen, outside, Lady Feng smiled. And we've been like brother and sister from our youth up. We've romped and been up to every mischief to this age together. But all on account of my marriage, I've had, of late years, to stand on ever so many ceremonies. Why, besides being like brother and sister from the time we were small kids, he is anyhow my senior brother-in-law, and I his junior sister-in-law. One among those twenty-four dutiful sons, Travis used himself in theatrical costume to amuse his parents. But those fellows have insufficient spirit to come in some stage talks and try to make you have a laugh, dear ancestor. I've, however, succeeded, after ever so much exertion, in so diverting you as to induce you to eat a little more than you would, and in putting everybody in good humour. And I should be thanked by one and all of you. It's only right that I should. But can it be that you will, on the contrary, poke fun at me? I've truly not had a hearty laugh the last few days. Old Lady Jas smiled. But thanks to the funny things she recounted just now, I've managed to get in somewhat better spirits in here, so I'll have another cup of wine. Then, having drunk her wine, Pao Yu, she went on to say, come and present a cup to your sister-in-law. Lady Feng gave a smile. There's no use for him to give me any wine, she ventured. I'll drink out of your cup, so as to bring upon myself your longevity, venerable ancestor. While uttering this response, she raised Dowdy Lady Jeff's cup to her lips and drained the remaining half of the contents, after which she handed the cup to a waiting maid who took one from those which had been rinsed with tepid water and brought it to her. 
but in due course the cups from the various tables were cleared and clean ones washed in warm water were substituted and when fresh wine had been served round lady fong and the maid resumed their seats venerable lady a singing girl put in you don't like the stories we tell but will we thrum a song for you you too remarked old lady jia had better play a duet of the jiang jingling song the general's command hearing her wishes the two girls promptly tuned their chords to suit the pitch of the song and struck up on their guitars what watch of the night is it old lady jia at this point inquired it's the third watch the matrons replied with alacrity no wonder it has got so chilly and damp old lady jia added extra clothes were accordingly soon fetched by the servants and maids madame wang speedily rose to her feet and forced a smile venerable senior she said wouldn't it be prudent for you to move on to the stove couch in the winter apartments it would be as well these two relatives are no strangers and if we entertain them it will be all right well in that case dowager lady jia smilingly rejoined why shouldn't the whole company adjoin inside wouldn't it be warmer for us all i'm afraid there isn't enough sitting-room for every one of us madame wan explained i've got a plan old lady jia added we can now dispense with these tables all we need now are two or three placed side by side we can then sit in a group and by bundling together it will be both sociable as well as warm yes this will be nice one and all cried assenting they forthwith rose for a table the married women hastened to remove the debondet of the banquet then placing three large tables lengthways side by side in the inner rooms they went on to properly arrange the fruits and viands some of which had been replenished others changed you must none of you stand on any ceremonies dowager lady jia observed if you just listen while i allot you your places and sit down accordingly it will be all right continuing she motioned to mrs xue and sister-in-law li to take the offices on the side of honour and making herself comfortable on the west she bade the three cousins bao qing dai yu and xiang ming sit close to her on the left and on the right pao yu she proceeded you must go next to your mother so presently she put pao yu and pao chai and the rest of the young ladies between madame xing and wang on the west she placed in proper gradation dame lou along with jia lan and mrs yo and li wan with jia lan number two between them while she assigned a chair to jia long's wife among the lower seats put crosswise brother jen old lady jia cried take your cousins and be off i'm also going to sleep in a little time jia Zhen and his associates speedily expressed their obedience and made in a body their appearance inside again to listen to any injunctions she might have to give them bundle yourself away at once shouted dowager lady jia you needn't come in we've just sat down and you'll make us get up again go and rest be quick to-morrow there are to be some more grand doings jia Zhen assented with alacrity 
but Rohan should remain to replenish the cups. He smiled. It's only fair that he should. Quite so, answered old Lady Jia laughingly. I forgot all about him. Yes, acquiesced Jia Zhen. Then, twisting himself round, he led Jia Lian and his companions out of the apartment. Jia Zhen and Jia Lian were, of course, both pleased at being able to get away. So, bidding the servants see Jia Zong and Jia Huang to their respective homes, Jia Zhen arranged with Jia Lian to go in pursuit of pleasure and in quest of fun. But we will now leave them to their own devices without another word. I was just thinking. Meanwhile, Dowager Lady Jia laughed. That it would be well, although you people are numerous enough to enjoy yourselves, to have a couple of great-grandchildren present at this banquet. So Rohan now makes the full compliment. But Rohan sit near your wife, for she and you will then make the pair complete. The wife of a domestic thereupon presented a playbill. We, ladies, old Lady Jia demurred, are now chatting in high glee, and are about to start a romp. Those young folks have, also, been sitting up so far into the night that they must be quite cold, so let the plays alone. Tell them then to have a rest. Yet, Coraron goes to come and sing a couple of plays on this stage. They too will thus have a chance of watching us a bit. After lending an ear to her, the married women assented and quitted the room and immediately finding some servant to go to the garden of Broad Vista and summon the girls, they betook themselves at the same time as far as the second gate and called a few pages to wait on them. The pages went with hurried step to the rooms reserved for the players, and, taking with them the various grown-up members of the company, they only left the more youthful behind. Then fetching in a little time Wen Guan and a few other girls, twelve in all, from among the novices in the pier fragrance court, they egressed by the corner gate leading out of the covered passage. The matron took soft bundles in their arms, as their strength was not equal to carrying boxes, and on the conviction that their own mistress would prefer plays of three or five acts, they had put together the necessary theatrical costumes. After Wen Guan and the rest of the girls had been introduced into the room by the matrons, they paid their obeisance and, dropping their arms against their sides, they stood reverentially. In this propitious first moon, old Lady Jia smiled. Won't your teacher let you come out for a stroll? What are you singing now? The eight acts of the eight worthies recently sung here were so noisy that they made my head ache, so you'd better let us have something more quiet. You must, however, bear in mind that Mrs. Xu and Mrs. Li are both people who give theatricals and have heard I don't know how many fine plays. The young ladies here have seen better plays than our own girls, and they have heard more beautiful songs than they. These actresses you see here now formed once, despite their youth, part of a company belonging to renowned families fond of plays, and though mere children, they excel any troupe composed of grown-up persons. So, whatever we do, don't let us say anything disparaging about them. But we must now have something new. Tell Fang Guan to sing us the Qun Meng ballad, and let only flutes and pandian pipes be used.
the other instruments can be dispensed with. Your venerable ladyship is quite right, Wenguan smiled. Our acting couldn't, certainly, suit the taste of such people as Mrs. Xu, Mrs. Li, and the young ladies. Nevertheless, let them merely heed our enunciation and listen to our voices. That's all. Well said, Dowager Lady Jia laughed. Sister-in-law Li and Mrs. Xu were filled with delight. What a sharp girl, they remarked smilingly. But do you also try to imitate our old lady by pulling our leg? They're intended to afford us some ready-at-hand recreation. Old Lady Jia smiled. Besides, they don't go out to earn money. That's how it is. They're not so much up to the times. At the close of this remark, she also desired Kui Guan to sing the play Hui Ming sends a letter. You needn't, she added. Make your face up. Just sing this couple of plays so as to merely let both those ladies hear a kind of parody of them. But if you spare yourselves of the least exertion, I shall be unhappy. When they heard this, Wen Guan and her companions left the apartment and promptly apparelled themselves and mounted the stage. First in order was Sun the Xun Meng. Next, Hui Ming sends a letter, during which everybody observed such perfect silence that not so much as the core of a crow fell on the ear. I'm verily seen several hundreds of companies, Mrs. Xue smiled, but never have I come across any that confined themselves to flutes. There are some, Dowdy Lady Zhao answered. In fact, in that play acted just now called Love in the Western Tower at Chuzhang, there's a good deal sang by young actors in unison with the flutes. But lengthy unison pieces of this description are indeed few. This too, however, is purely a matter of taste. There's nothing out of the way about it. When I was of her age, resuming, she pointed at Xiang Yun, her grandfather kept a troop of young actresses. There was among them one who played the lute so efficiently that she performed the part when the lute is heard in the Xi Xiangji, the piece on the lute in Yu Zanji, and that in the supplementary Pi Paji on the Mongol flageolet with the eighteen notes, in every way as if she had been placed in the real circumstances herself. Yea, it's far better than this. This is still rarer a thing, the inmates exclaimed. Old Lady Jia then shortly called the married women and bade them tell Wang Guan and the other girls to use both wind and string instruments and render the piece. At the Feast of Lanterns, the moon is round. The women servants received her orders and went to execute them. Jia Rong and his wife, meanwhile, passed the wine round. When Lady Feng saw Dowager Lady Jia in most exuberant spirits, she smiled. Won't it be nice? she said to avail ourselves of the presence of the singing girls to pass plum blossom around and have the game of forfeit. Spring happy eyebrow corners go up, eh? That's the fine game for forfeits, old Lady Jack cried with a smile. It just suits the time of the year. Orders were therefore given at once to fetch a forfeit drum, varnished black and ornamented with designs executed with copper tacks. 
when brought it was handed to the singing girls to put on the table and wrap on it a twig of red plum blossom was then obtained the one in whose hands it is when the drum stops Dao and lady jia laughingly proposed we'll have to drink a cup of wine and to say something or other as well i tell you what lady feng interposed with a smile who of us can pit herself against you dear ancestor who have ever ready attended whatever you want to say with the little use we are in this line won't there be an absolute lack of fun in our contributions my idea is that it would be nicer were something said that would be appreciated both by the refined as well as the unrefined so won't it be preferable that the person in whose hands the twig remains when the drum stops should crack some joke or other everyone who heard her was fully aware that a good hand she had always been at witty things and how she more than any other had an exhaustible supply of novel and amusing rules of forfeits ever stopped in her mind so her suggestion not only gratified the various inmates of the family seated at the banquet but even filled the whole poser of servants both old and young who stood in attendance below with intense delight the young waiting-maids rushed with eagerness in search of the young ladies and told them to come and listen to those lady secunda who was on the point again of saying funny things a whole crowd of servant girls anxiously pressed inside and crammed the room in a little time the theatricals were brought to a close and the music was stopped dowager lady jia had some soup fine cakes and fruits handed to wen guan and her companions to regale themselves with and then gave orders to sound the drum the singing girls were both experts so now they beat fast and now slow either slow like the dripping of the remnants of water in a clepistra or quick as when beans are being sown or with the velocity of the pace of a scared horse or that of the flash of a swift lightning the sound of the drum came to a standstill abruptly the twig of plum blossom had just reached old lady jia when by a strange coincidence the rattle ceased everyone blurted out into a boisterous fit of laughter jia rong hastily approached and filled a cup it's only natural they laughingly cried that you venerable senior should be the first to get exhilarated for then thanks to you we shall also come in for some measure of good cheer to gulp down this wine is an easy job dowager lady smiled but to crack jokes is somewhat difficult your jokes dear ancestor are even wittier than those of lady feng the party shouted so favour us with one and let's have a laugh oh nothing out of the way to evoke laughter with old lady jia smilingly answered yet all that remains for me to do is to thicken the skin of my antiquated fizz and come out with some joke in a certain family she consequently went on to narrate there were ten sons these married ten wives the tenth of these wives was however so intelligent sharp quick of mind and glib of tongue that her father and mother-in-law loved her best of all and maintained from morning to night that the other nine were not filial these nine felt much aggrieved and they accordingly took counsel together we nine they said are filial enough at heart 
The only thing is that that shrew has the gift of the gap. That's why our father and mother-in-law think her so perfect. But to whom can we go and confide our grievance? One of them was struck with an idea. Let's go tomorrow, she proposed, to the temple of the king of hell and burn incense. We can then tell the king our grudge and ask him how it was that when he bade us receive life and become human beings, he only conferred a glib tongue on that vixen and that we were only allotted such blunt mouths. The aide listened to her plan and were quite enraptured with it. This proposal is faultless, they assented. On the next day, they sped in a body to the temple of the god of hell, and after burning incense, the nine sister-in-law slept under the altar on which their offerings were laid. Their nine spirits waited with a special purpose of seeing the carriage of the king of hell arrive, but they waited and waited, and yet he did not come. They were just giving way to despair when they espied Sun Xingzhe, the god of monkeys, advancing on a rolling cloud. He espied the nine spirits and felt inclined to take a golden rod and beat them. The nine spirits were plunged in terror. Hastily, they fell on their knees and pleaded for mercy. What are you up to? Sun Xingzhe inquired. The nine women with alacrity told him all. After Sun Xingzhe had listened to their confidences, he stamped his foot and heaved a sigh. Is that the case? he asked. Well, it's lucky enough you came across me, for had you waited for the god of hell, you wouldn't have known anything about it. At these assurances, the nine women gave way to entreaties. Great saint, they pleaded, if you were to display some commiseration, we would be all right. Sun Xingzhe smiled. There's no difficulty in the way, he observed. On the day on which you ten sisters-in-law came to life, I was, as luck would have it, on a visit to the king of hell's place. So I saw him do something on the ground, and the junior sister-in-law of yours lapped it up. But if you now wish to become a smart and sharp-tongued, the remedy lies in water. If I too were therefore to do something, and you to drink it, the desired effect will be attained. At the close of her story, the company roared with laughter. Splendid! shouted Lady Feng. But luckily we are all slow of tongue and dull of intellect. Otherwise, we too must have had the water of monkeys to drink. Who among us here? Mrs. Yeo and Dame Lo smilingly remarked addressing themselves to Li Wan, has tasted any monkey's water, so don't sham ignorance of things. A joke must hit the point to be amusing, Mrs. Xu ventured. But while she spoke, the girls began again to beat the drum. The young maids were keen to hear Lady Feng's jokes. They therefore explained to the singing girls, in a confidential tone, that a cuff would be the given signal for them to desist. In no time, the blossom was handed round on both sides. As soon as it came to Lady Feng, the young maids purposely gave a cuff. The singing girl at once sobbed short. Now we've caught her, shouted the party laughingly. Drink your wine, be quick, and mind you tell something nice. But don't make us laugh so heartily 
as to get stomach aches. Lady Fen was lost in thought. Presently, she began with a smile. A certain household, she said, was celebrating the first moon festival. The entire family was enjoying the sight of the lanterns and drinking their wine. In real truth, unusual excitement prevailed. There were great-grandmothers, grandmothers, daughters-in-law, grandswives, great-grandsons, granddaughters, granddaughters-in-law, aunts granddaughters, cousins granddaughters, and I or you, it was verily such a bustle and confusion. While minding her story, they laughed. Listen to all this mean mouth says, they cried. We wonder what other ramifications you won't introduce. If you want to bully me, Mrs. Yeo smiled, I'll tear that mouth of yours to pieces. Lady Feng rose to her feet and clapped her hands. One does all one can to wreck one's brain, she smiled, and here you combine to do your utmost to confuse me. Well, if it is so, I won't go on. Proceed with your story, old Lady Jia exclaimed with a smile. What comes afterwards? Lady Feng thought for a while. Well, after that, she continued laughingly, they all sat together and crammed the whole room. They primed themselves with wine throughout the hours of night, and then they broke up. The various inmates noticed in what a serious and sedate manner she narrated her story, and none ventured to pass any further remarks, but waited anxiously for her to go on, when they became aware that she coldly and dryly came to a stop. Shi Xiangming stared at her for ever so long. I'll tell you another, Lady Feng laughingly remarked. At the first moon festival, several persons carried a cracker as large as a room and went out of town to let it off. Over and above, ten thousand persons were attracted, and they followed to see the sight. One among them was of an impatient disposition. He could not reconcile himself to wait, so stealthily he snatched a joystick and set fire to it. A sound of pushu was heard. The whole number of spectators laughed boisterously and withdrew. The persons who harried the cracker felt a grudge against the crack seller for not having made it tight, and wondered how it was that everyone had left without hearing it go off. Is it likely that the men themselves didn't hear the report? Salming insinuated. Why, the men themselves were deaf, Lady Feng rejoined. After listening to her, they pondered for a while, and then suddenly they laughed aloud in chorus. But remembering that her first story had been left unfinished, they inquired for what was, after all, the issue of the first story. You should conclude that, too. Lady Feng gave a rap on the table with her hand. How vexatious you are, she exclaimed. Well, the next day was the 16th, so the festivities of the year were over and the feast itself was past and gone. I see people busy putting things away and fussing about seal, so how can I make out what will be the end of it all? At this, one and all indulged in renewed merriment. The fourth watch has long ago been struck outside, Lady Feng smilingly said. From what I can see, our worthy senior is also tired out, and we should like when the cracker was let off in that story of the deaf people, be bundling ourselves off and finish. 
Mrs. Yeo and the rest covered their mouth with their handkerchiefs and laughed. Now they stooped forward, and now they bent backward. And wiping at her, this thing, they cried, has really a mean tongue. Old Lady Xia laughed. Yes, she said, this vixen Feng has, in real truth, developed a meaner tongue than ever. But she alluded to crackers, she added. So let's also let off a few fireworks, so as to counteract the fumes of the wine. Jia Rong overheard the suggestion. Hurriedly leaving the room, he took the pages with him, and having a scaffolding erected in the court, they hung up the fireworks and got everything in perfect readiness. These fireworks were articles of tribute, sent from different states, and were, albeit not large in size, contrived with extreme ingenuity. The representations of various kinds of events of antiquity were perfect, and in them were inserted all sorts of crackers. Ling Daiyu was naturally of a weak disposition, so she could not stand the report of any loud intonation. Her grandmother Jia, therefore, clasped her immediately in her embrace. Mrs. Xu, meanwhile, took Xiang Yun in her arms. I'm not afraid, smiled Xiang Yun. Nothing she likes so much as letting off huge crackers, Bao Tai smilingly interposed. And could she fear this sort of thing? Madame Wan thereupon laid hold of Bao Yu and pulled him in her lap. We've got no one to carry a rack for us, Lady Feng laughed. I'm here for you, Mrs. Yeo rejoined with a laugh. I'll embrace you. They are again behaving like a spoiled child. You've heard about crackers? And you comfort yourself as if you had had honey to eat. You're quite frivolous again today. Wait till we break up, Lady Feng answered, laughing, and we'll go and let some off in our garden. I can find them far better than any of the young lads. While the bandage was, one kind of firework after another was lighted outside, and then later on some more again. Among these figured Phil Heaven stars. Nine dragon enter clouds, over whole land a crack of thunder, fly of heavens, sound ten shots, and other such small crackers. The fireworks over, the young actresses were again asked to render the lotus flowers for, and cash was thrown upon the stage. The young girls bustled all over the boards, snatching cash and capering about. The soup was next brought. The night is long, old lady Jia said, and somehow or other, I feel peckish. There's some congee, lady Feng promptly remarked, prepared with duck's meat. I'd rather have plain things, dowager lady Jia answered. There's also some congee made with non-glutinous rice and powder of dates. It's been cooked for the ladies who fast. If there's any of this... It will do very well, old Lady Jia replied. While she spoke, orders were given to remove the remnants of the banquet, and inside as well as outside were served every kind of recherche small dishes. One and all then partook of some of these refreshments at their pleasure, and raising their mouths with tea, they afterwards parted. On the 17th, they also repaired, at an early hour, to the Ning Mansion, to present their compliments, and remaining in attendance, while the doors of the ancestral hall were closed and the images put away, they at length 
returned to their quarters. Invitations had been issued on this occasion to drink the New Year wine at Mrs. Xue's residence, but Dowager Lady Jia had been out on several consecutive days, and so tired out did she feel that she withdrew to her rooms after only a short stay. After the eighteenth, relatives and friends arrived and made their formal invitations, or else they came as guests to the banquets given. But so little was old Lady Jia in a fit state to turn her mind to anything that the two ladies, Madame Xing and Lady Feng, had to attend between them to everything that cropped up. But Pao Yu as well did not go anywhere else than to Wang Zitong's, and the excuse he gave out was that his grandmother kept him at home to dispel her ennui. We need not, however, dilate on irrelevant details. In due course, the festival of the 15th of the first moon passed. But, reader, if you have any curiosity to learn any subsequent events, listen to those given in the chapter below. End of section 59. Recording by Cao Yuqing in Singapore.